ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. Seven games, three losses, three ties, and one win. At one point, we had the potential to go 10 points up on our, on our rival, second place team, the Porto. Fast forward uh, to now, we're now one point deficit. We, we squandered a seven point uh, lead out of Europa League. Ladies and gentlemen, it's crisis time. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Befica podcast. My name is Alfredo. And as you uh, as as you've had a chance to hear, it's it's not going to be a pretty night, man. It's not going to be pretty. Um, we try to keep it real. Uh, and who better than to keep it real than my man? Cristiano Oliveira. Diz lá, amigo. Diz lá, então, o que é que se passa contigo? Give me a second. Olá, senhores. Let me put away the knife. Uh... <laughs> And the gun, because I was just about to cut myself as you were doing that, that first intro there. I mean, if things couldn't be sadder, that definitely brought me down to a whole new level. But nonetheless, we're here as I'm getting goosebumps talking about this, and they're here to witness it because it, it's been it's been it's been it's been a very, very rough couple of weeks. But the good point is the good news is we're all here together. The crew is back together once again for another weekly Benfica podcast, and as you guys know. We're here through the good, the bad, and the very ugly, which has been real ugly of late. No makeup, no lipstick. It's been fail. But we're going to have a crack at it again. Fugly. We have the Benfica Chicken Fingers. Christian Oliver Chicken Fingers Award coming up later. Hopefully then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll have a little bit more fun with that. But it's been a really rough week to even come up with something clever. Uh, so, you know, without further ado, I'm going to pass it back to you. Introduce our other partner in yeah. crime here because this is very, very uh, depressing. So I'm gonna get a couple minutes here to get to, to put myself together. Yeah, and someone that's definitely not ugly, our other brother up in uh, Canada, Dave D'Oliver, and hopefully not as emotional as you are, Cristiano. Or do you have any? Any? Are you sitting on any knives, Dave? No, everything's put away. But uh, usually I come on saying good to be back on here, but. Guys, I love you, but uh, it's a real bummer this week. I think this might be a new low uh, for sure on the season, but uh, let's uh, let's try to stay positive. But there, there's far and few uh, positive uh, things to talk about. But let's just get it started. On a positive note, I, I did take a whole box of Xanax about two hours ago. So hopefully I'll be nice and calm to go here. But uh, that's about the only positive I can see so far. <laughs> Uh, the positive is that all three of us are together. That's, that's the one positive. There we go. Uh, or that there's 11 games left. That's about the best. Like, the, the, I, well, I don't know. Uh, it could be worse. It can't get worse, maybe. But if we keep going the way no, we but are. As we sit here right now. As we sit. 
I, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but right now, at least if you want to, I never paint thought, a pretty picture. I never thought, I never figured you for a positive. Person. I'm not. I'm well. I am. I'm, it depends. I don't know the Xanax. Maybe <laughs> I changed my mood. But the point is that you know, because you're like, I saw you there looking through your notes, right? And you're like looking for positives, and so I, I figured I'd help you out. Positive is that there's 11 games, so there's 11 other opportunities for our direct Portugal too. No, that's 12. Just for the season, for the Campeonato Liga knows there's 11 other opportunities for our main rival to drop some points. But bringing it right back to the negative side, there is another 11 opportunities for us to look even worse than what we've looked lately. So, hey, take it as you may. <laughs> That's right. Uh, on tonight's uh, podcast, episode number 356, we will uh, recap both the Shakhtar and the Murenes game. And we'll look ahead to uh, Stubel, Befica's trip to the Terra do Carapau uh, or Chocfrit. Uh, where where Cristiano says he's from, but I don't believe it. My, I'm not. My dad is. My dad, well, was he passed away? That's that's my. Come on, I've taken you there to my family. More house. from Stubal than you are. You're I, more at from least, street street. At Stubel. least I was born in the street. Who cares? I spent more time there. That's our our, our quota I mean, for the geography lesson. Yeah, Stubal is on either side of the long ass bridge. But further down from Alkshit, you go another half hour down, and it's really pretty. It's not really on the other side of the bridge. What do you mean it's not? If you're in Lisbon, you got to cross the bridge to get to, to Lisboa. Both well, then bridges. Then you could say that uh, that Alentejo is on the other side of the bridge, also. It is. An hour down. <laughs> is it not? <laughs> and now I've got her through the other side of the can, bridge. The question is this Can you get from Lisbon to Alentejo without ever crossing a bridge? No. You have to cross a bridge at some point. Yeah. Okay, then. so it's on the other side of the bridge. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't figured it out. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't figured it out yet, we're doing everything to delay <laughs> the start of this podcast. Well, yeah, yeah. You said, <laughs> did you know, as you know, I've taken you out there multiple times to eat. This is about, it's about the only reason why you, you want to go to Portugal. I mean, it's to eat shocks frites. So, yes, yeah, Stubo's got terrific shorts, shocks frites. What else? What else? Come on, cuttlefish. For those of you that don't know, it's cuttlefish. cuttlefish yeah. it's, it's a squid, cuttlefish, and then there's octopus. So it's the one in the middle. It's a little bit thicker than the whatever. You know, we, let's talk about cuisine. What do you think? What do you? I, I love. Dave. I love a good pechin frit, shock frit con tinta. I oh, love that. That is yo the bomb. Fried? Uh, no, let's say grilled. Grilled, grilled. on I went, the barbecue. I went. I but it went, has to be a real barbecue. I with went, charcoal. Come on, pa. Listen, I, I as you know, and I sent you pictures. I was the fish market. I bought. I mean, these these dudes were still breathing. Couple of sharks with the tinta. I took the little boat out because I used to play with the. I was poor, man. You got to play with those boats. That's the only boat my dad used to give me. Is that the, the little shell that comes in the sharks? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and the one you used to put on a on a parakeet cage. You do so they could get their beaks hard. Yes, absolutely. But I used to play with those and like in my vasia and act like that was a bathtub. Um, and so took out those little boats, right? Put them on the grill with that ink. I mean, I'm t the food is 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 amazing. That's it's a terrific thing about Portugal. If you guys haven't been to Portugal, <laughs> we're just dragging along here. Man. <laughs> Thanks, oh, everybody, yeah. for checking us out. That's all we got time for. Let's this get week. to the inevitable, man. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Let's start with the uh, with the shot. Ball is Berlin. But not, I mean, we, yeah, we can keep going. What's, Dave, what's a, wait, we haven't heard from Dave. Dave, what, what do you like? What's a typical sweet, uh, traditional sweet of Stubel? I don't know, but I can tell you about Avedo, which is off, off small. <laughs> Stubble? Apa, that's a good question. I got to, you know, you ever see the shows? What's the shows? How to become be, be a millionaire? You get the lifeline. You get to call the family. Could, could I use a lifeline here? Could I call a family member? I like to use my lifeline. <laughs> Who right would now. know that in your family? You think? Even my mom. My mom's not from Stubble. She would know. Obviously. She would know what the sweet is? 
Um, there is alcohol. Uh, um, there's like these drinks. Call your mom right now. Let's find out. I'm gonna call my mom. Why not? She would. Do you think she would know? Yeah, my mom would know. Yeah, call call your mom. All let's right, let's get, put it on the air. No, I don't want to do that because she's like. Just <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's call your mom and let's find out. Uh, we're just doing anything we can not to talk about Benfica. But yeah, my mom's Benfica. She'll probably she'll put she'll, it on speaker, bro. No, no, guess, guess. My, those guys just keep the the program. Can you submit? Does your mom watch soccer? She she's, does. She's the worst fan. Can she? She makes us, your mom look like a. Can saint. she give us her opinion on Benfica? Right? Oh, dude. mom, does the meet? Oh no, doesn't. Escuta. Uma pergunta. Sabes que lá em Aveiro temos os ovos moles, né? E quais é o doce de Setúbal? Sim. Obrigado, mãe. Há qualquer coisa lá, não te lembro. Também não me lembro. Eu sei qualquer coisa, mas não me lembro. Está bem. Está bem. Love you, mom. Love you, mom. Go back to sleep. Estou aqui a fazer umas coisitas. Tchau. Love you. Até amanhã. Bye. She knows as much as I do. We'll just let that part out. But, uh, <laughs> Cut that out. That part out. <laughs> no, she doesn't remember. But she, she, like I do, we, there's something. We just, I just can't. I can't come up. Yeah, well, I know uh, shit Fugaças. Oh, man, them Fugaças. Forget about it. If you guys don't know what Fugaças is, hit me up. Uh, buy me a trip and I'll go with you and I'll show you the little perfect place to, to buy them in all shit. Those things are to die for. The only problem with those is every time I go and you're my witness, I don't buy a bag. I don't buy two bags, three bags. I buy like seven, eight bags and then I eat and they put on weight pretty quickly. Mom's calling me back. Hello. Muscatel de estubo. Sim, era uma coisa assim que eu tava a falar. Ei, tchau, Tchau. I love you. Bye. I knew I, what I said, Alcobasa before Muscatel. It was, was Muscatel. They make, but they make they make liquor. They make sweets. They make all they my make aunts. My aunts make all that's that's gonna, stupid. Stuff. Gonna take a lot of. This is gonna be heavy editing on this part. No, we can leave it. Keep leave it. Keep it on. Yeah. Too, much, too much silence. No. You put your mom on speaker, she man. She, she, your mom is roca. is a very animated character. Tarroca, tarroca. Love your mom. Me too. Tarroca, but she's sick. She's not feeling well. Okay. Um, but nonetheless. Yes, the fugasas and all shit are to die for. But be careful. Don't eat seven or eight bags like I do uh, because you get a little chunky. And then you have to eat, you know, fish crew the rest of the time here in Portugal. Benfica hosted Shakhtar at Stadio Luz for the second leg of this first uh, knockout round of the Europa League. Uh, Benfica with the deficit of 2-1 from, uh, from the Ukraine Uh, I'll give you the lineup and we'll get going. Vlaco Dimos, uh, Tavares Dias, Ferro and Grimaldo, uh, Weigel and, and Tarabt, Pizzi, Rafa, Chiquinho and Diego Souza. Cristiano, surprised at all that Diego Souza got the start instead of Vinicius or you think that they're just him managing? You either have a real bad memory or you just don't pay attention to me. Uh, but on the last podcast, I suggested that we would not see Vinicius um starting this game i'd be very surprised if he started this game and that's exactly what happened we got to see souza make his debut with you know as far as starting for benfica and uh you know it could have been better but nonetheless it was, it was good to see 
um, Lodge, rotate some of these guys. Based on our performance we've seen previously is Fedovic. And like I mentioned on the last podcast, Vinicius left with, with, with a knock in the last game against Juve Vicente. So, you know, I'm really not surprised that that he went with Suarez there. And Dave, uh, considering that uh, that your homeboy Seferovic is could be a, a little bit of a, a of a comparison, a model for comparison. How do you think Diego Souza compares to uh, Seferovic? I don't think he's he's right in form yet. I think this, like uh, we mentioned, it's his first uh, first start in the starting eleven. So he's coming into a, a team that well. You want to say that the team is clicking, but they're not clicking at the moment. But the team has has some rhythm. They're used to playing with most of the lineup, and he's being thrown in there, coming in as a, a January uh, transfer. So he, he, you can tell he's still he's still growing with uh, the team. He's not he's not uh, at the top of his form right now. But uh, hey, like we said, things to look forward to. There's 11 more games for him to uh, to get clicking. Uh, let's try to stay positive that way. Yeah. I thought he was a little bit better on the ball in terms of holding defenders off and keeping the ball in front of him when he was by himself. Uh, I thought some combination play looked great on his side, uh, going up for head balls. Um, he just he just looks like he hasn't he's yet to hit game rhythm. He just looks big, like rusty. Uh, you know, but uh, like you said, eleven in eleven games to uh, to see uh, what he could offer. Uh, is Seferovic now dropping into uh, third on the pecking he's, order? He's been dropped. I mean, if you let's fast forward to, I mean, if you really want to pose that question and, and answer it correctly, you see in the very following game in Liga Nos, which was on Monday, and he wasn't even on the bench. So obviously. Um, Lodge, he's yeah. supposed to be hurt apparently, though. That's yeah. why he wasn't even called okay, up. Okay, but you know. Uh, the, fact, the fact that what's the Souza? I keep calling him Suarez. I don't know the fact that Diego Souza started and he didn't. I mean, we see we see that they're slowly um, trying to look uh, for other places to come up and and, and perform and score goals. We we seen Sferovic just hasn't cut it this season. Which I mean, listen, man, this 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 could take me in so many freaking different directions. But I'm so glad I took the whole box of Xanax because you start to question. You start to question. Uh, a million questions as to as as to the the the, the put to, you know the putting together the combination the planning of putting this goddamn roster together and and, and you still scratch your head after the phenomenal season that that this guy Svetovic had last year why the hell didn't you sell him I mean it was your one opportunity now we've seen that last year was just it, it was it was one of them blips in the radars that you're never gonna see it was a UFO you're never gonna see that crap again. You know what I mean? And they have the opportunity to get rid of it. And they they, they try to invest and bring in other players. And it's just like whomever their scout is, is doing a terrible job. Whoever's planning these, these rosters, these offseason meetings. I hope it's not Rui Costa. I hope, he, you know, because he can't really be this terrible by putting these guys together. But it's just it's been it's been very, very ugly to see of late. And and I'm one of the guys and I'm afraid. And you know this because you're in a group chat with me all the time. I, I was I was I was complaining. I, w- I wasn't in favor of bringing in. Diego Sosa, because I said, if you got these two other guys, what do you need? The, and now you, you see like, it, like the one thing that we did not hope we would see, which is Fedovic really like getting worse and worse and worse with each, with each appearance. So much so that now this other guy that just arrived, you know, with, with half coronavirus in the system, we all God knows what the hell he's got in him, And he's being the number one choice that the coach is turning to. It's just, it, he's clearly, clearly jumped over. Sferovic in the pecking order. Um, Dave, you mentioned that he was in a clinical bulletin. 
Yeah, that I had read that before the uh, the Morins game that oh. he was on. Uh, that's why he wasn't selected. I'll uh, look that up here. He wasn't even on the clinic. I don't know. That's something. Maybe, maybe he's getting uh, reports. Maybe he's getting uh, a foot transplant or both feet transplanted. Maybe somebody could put some, some nah, man, the listen, right ones on. He, he always puts in a shift, and he's a guy. That he's got a, a muscle. He was out with a a, a muscle pull in one of his uh, legs there. Yeah. <laughs> one of his legs. Good <laughs> um, anyway, I, Benfica came out and they came out strong, uh, obviously knowing that they, they needed to get that result. And they, they fought hard to get that result. And nine minutes in, Pizzi was uh, getting that result that would put us ahead uh, in this uh, in this fixture. But, uh, you know, the, the thing with Benfica, and this happened throughout the game, uh, is that uh, you score a goal and then you let the other team Score a goal on you before the smoke. Before the smoke disappears from the fog, from the forgets that's tied to lose. I, I think that's what it is. I think it's blinding, blinding our player. And the other team comes the other way, and, and they level. But before we get to their goal, I just I'm a guy, as you guys know, that I, I clearly knock Peasy plenty, and I got to give Peasy for for that finish. He was able to twist his body, able to tuck the ball, bend it around everybody else, put it opposite post. Credit to Peasy for, for being able to pull that off. But then, unfortunately, as we just stated, the team was still celebrating. There's too much smoke in the air, whatever the hell it was. And before we even said, I mean, there's 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 a level. It's the, like, the cheerleaders were still putting their pom-poms away. It's not good. Possible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. I thought you were going to say something else. Yeah, that's why but I it, quiet. You know, every every time uh, that Shakhtar transitioned with speed, Benfica struggled, and, and they, were, they were dangerous. And when they had to chase the result, um, they did uh, through the wings. And and I know that uh, we ended up uh, clawing one back uh, with Diaz from from a rare corner kick uh, goal, something that we don't see too often. Uh, but look, I I think that uh, Shakhtar and here's the thing, man. And and I, I don't want to turn this into a, a completely a complete demerit uh, to Benfica. But Shakhtar spent a month and a half on vacation, basically, uh, not playing, no competitive rhythm. And you, when you see this team um, and the maturity level of this team, the way they were passing the ball around and just asking Benfica to, to come and get it uh, and just their ability to pass the ball around and, and put the game to sleep, especially when they were uh, at an advantage in the, in the aggregate. Um, it just says a lot about uh, Luis Castro and, and even this team. Look, it comes down to coaching. It absolutely comes down to coaching. And, and again, I know some of you guys are surprised that Benfica wasn't able to beat a team that's been at home for two or not at home, but, you know, practicing at the beach and, and, and coming up with scrimmages for the last two months. But Alfredo, you I, I wasn't surprised whatsoever. That's why I don't, maybe I'm not as upset about Benfica not advancing. I getting through Shakhtar. I mentioned it multiple times. I thought it was very unfair for Benfica or unlucky, I should say. When the draw came out, they got another Champions League team. But I, I thought Benfica at the very at the very least, or I shouldn't say least, but at the very best for them, they were equal on equal footing with Shakhtar. So this game, obviously, the things that you're upset about is the fact that you can't hold on to a lead. You can't defend at home. You're playing at home. The the the, the noites europeas that we all grew up on, man, those, those nights don't exist no more. Yeah. They don't exist at the style of the lose. And that's more of my disappointment is toward what I'm seeing as a whole, more so than than, than results of the game, because I, I did not expect Benfica to advance. I, I got to be brutally honest. I, look, I wasn't rooting for them. 
not to advance, but I wasn't surprised that they didn't. The one thing that we've seen in this game is that what Benfica, and I think, listen, this is, I'm, I didn't come up with this. I mean, I think everyone that watches Benfica has been saying this over the last, especially last month. Benfica doesn't know how to have possession of the ball. They don't know how to rotate the ball. Benfica, I don't know what they're doing at coaching uh, and practices. I don't know what the coaching staff is doing. But the one thing that we did see is that Shakhtar could do that. And credit to the, what's his name? Luis Castro. Luis, I keep forgetting. I, keep, I think he's a rum. That guy, Luis Castro, was able to exploit Benfica's weaknesses. He knows how to attack Benfica. He knows how to tell his team to keep the ball, control the ball, possess it, make Benfica chase, get out of position, and then it's a matter of time before you deke one in, you know, behind our left midfielder, our left back, and then, you know, and then all of a sudden the ball is in the back of the net, which is something we saw with the second goal. These other teams are able to adapt on the fly in Benfica just sits on their ass. And the one thing that really, and I mean, we're going to really get into it with the next game, but again, I'm, I'm not bothered by this game, but the one thing that really bothers me about this whole situation with Fika right now currently is that every time you hear Bruno Lodge speak, right, he wants to tell you and I and everyone else listening that he knows what the problem is. So, but, but wait a minute. I rather you. I don't know what's going on because at least then I can't blame you for not fixing it. But you keep acting like you know what to. But you can't fix it. So I mean, you might be able to identify it, but then you don't know what the hell to do, or how to correct it, which is really scary. Either one is scary. You not being able to see it is scary. You not being able to correct it is scary. So it's just right now, Alfredo. It, it there is just so many negative things that are going against this team and it's going to take something i don't i don't I, I just don't see it from the coaching staff it's going to take some extraordinary performance from a player from a leader it's going to be somebody to step up and get this team out of the rut now will it happen against the stubles of the world the the, the, the Dondellas of the world most likely but anytime Benfica plays anyone that has any concept that has a coaching staff that could adapt on a fly this is what we're going to see at home, on the road. We're going to see this team struggle. And it's scary, as I've said before. I'd rather you just lie to me. I mean, coming up every day, we know. Trying to become yeah. a problem. And then, come on, yeah, bro. And, and, and regardless of um, the personnel, right? You could look at a personnel and you could say, Tomas, Tomas Tavares, he's fragile on that side. Doesn't have the experience. He, get, he was getting eaten up by Ismaili, whatever. Uh, but look. If 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 the if the problem is a player that's constantly found to be uh, uh, unevenly matched or outmatched, I should say, with two against one situations, then you make an adjustment to the to the way your team defends. Uh, you let a guy favor that side more, or the, either the right side or the left side. But the fact that he's identified, and according to uh, his press conference, he has known this for nine months now, uh, and it's only been exposed now because the team is not winning. I mean, what's what has he done in nine months to 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 better this problem, to to remedy this problem? Obviously, he hasn't played football manager for nine months. <laughs> even I am football manager. I'm able to adapt and and and, and turn that around and 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 make the the adjustments that you need. To make and he just hasn't made it. And look, and I know everyone is harping, and it's it's real easy to get on Tomas Tavares. The kid's 18 years old, and no, I do not think he's ready to play at this level. But right now, I'm off the I'm off that I, I, I you know, I'm at the point that I'm not criticizing the kid anymore. 
because the kid is not ready. I'm criticizing those who are in charge that are making the decision to put them out there over and over. I'm criticizing the president for obviously we've known this for I don't know how many seasons now, Alfredo. I mean, what for since Nelson Smith left, right? This is the third season, right? That he's mm-hmm. that he's been gone. We've identified that problem that we need a right back. And then I know Andre Almeida is a little bit better than maybe than what we gave him credit for because now we really realize the difference between him and a kid like Tomas Tavar. But the fact of the matter is that they still haven't been able to, you know, plug up that hole. I haven't been able to bring in, bring in the right guy. And I know there's a guy, Ebui. Ebui's on the B team. This kid isn't ready. Tomas Tavares isn't ready. And they're just forcing him out. What about just giving Ebui a run? I don't know. I Look, again, I'm looking for alternatives. I'm looking for solutions. This is better than what we've been seeing of late. But I know it's easy to sit there and harp on the kid and criticize him. And look, you're right in doing so. It's not the kid's fault. The kid is way overmatched. He shouldn't be where he's at. And the club just keeps throwing him out there, throwing him out there, throwing him out there. It's about time we look at the coaching staff, we look at the decision makers, and start really pointing the finger at these guys. Holding them accountable. Holding them accountable because, again, if you're not good enough, it's not your fault, and they keep throwing you out there. You just hey, You're doing the best you can. But here's the the thing, right? Uh, Preseason and the first game of the season – the right back position, you were playing with a left back adapted to the right back at that point, And considering that you still had most of the month of August, isn't your priority supposed to be a guy that's going to compete with Andre Almeida for the spot? Yeah, but I, I think Tomas Tavares, I don't know if he was injured or he was away with the national team at the beginning he of the was. summer or something like that. So therefore, they had to adapt because Almeida was hurt. The one thing that's more puzzling than what you just mentioned regarding Nunu Tavares, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. is <clears throat> he started those games at right back, a lefty that could not use. He's like me. My left foot is just so I don't fall over. And his right foot is just so he doesn't fall over. But you don't normally see a left-footed player playing the right back. You've seen right-footed players playing left back because there's not a, that many lefties. There's a lot more righties. So that right there was a little like head-scratching. But to me, what's really left me confused over this whole time is that you, I, again, guys, I'm, I, for those of you that listen to the podcast and listen on a weekly basis, I apologize if I sound repetitive. But again, when I can see what a problem is with a player, with a situation, with a formation, with whatever the, 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 the scenario may be, and we've all identified that Grimaldo is not playing anywhere near the level that, look, and again, I'm one that doesn't think he's anywhere near the level all you guys think he is, but he's not playing anywhere near the level that he was previously playing. We could tell that he is tired, that he needs a break. He needs to sit for a game or a half or something. And now that left-footed right back that you use, that right back at being able to see, you can't give this guy a run at left back? You played That today. to me, you played today with the B team, with the you played today youth. The youth uh, I'm afraid I don't care what he does. With I'm talking about I'm the main roster. He's not a guy that it's is necessarily sitting down, not doing much. I just don't understand. Give him a run. We've been terrible. You've identified that defensively our problems is Grimaldo's terrible. That whole I don't know if it's confidence. I don't know what it is. But the point is, we've all identified it that 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 it's broken. Whatever it's whatever is going on there, it is no bueno. Yep. And you got a kid that, look, at least he's going to put in a shit. What do we got to? It can't be worse. Could it be worse than what we've had lately? No, if, if anything, just give uh, just give Grimaldo a mental break. Uh, and I understand that w- what happens, and I read this article once about uh, there's every player gets tested, right? And there's a chemical within your body that 
reading that level of testosterone. Uh, no, it's not testosterone. Oh. Reading the <laughs> the level of that uh, of that chemical will let you know how your player's stamina is. Uh, and look, uh, Grimaldo may be maybe great in in terms of uh, uh, resting and testing and being able to do well, but mentally. You could tell both him and Pizzi, and we've been harping on this for a few weeks now, both him and Pizzi need a mental break from this team. You know who else needs a mental break from this team? You. Rafa. He's been back to the 2017 form. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just when I thought my man had made it out, he's back in the doghouse. Uh, let's uh, let's rein it back in, and I'll go to you, Dave. Uh, two one into the locker room, so basically it's all even on the aggregate. From watching the first uh, half, what did you think? Did did you think that Benfica was going to have a, a chance uh, to conquer the Shakhtar team in the second half? Well, what we saw in the first half, too, was like we discussed, Benfica was uh, creative, offensively pushing forward. And then as soon as they, they got their, their result, they they folded like a cheap suit and uh, Shakhtar put one uh, right back on us. They got the second goal from uh, Ruben Diaz cross. But then I, again, uh, at the end of uh, or at the beginning of the uh, second half, Benfica comes out, uh, Diego Souza. Uh, capitalizes on a, a blunder there by the uh, Shakhtar defender and the keeper. Uh, tries to make the shot, but then he realizes uh, he passed it off to Rafa. Rafa puts it in the net to make it uh, 3-1. But then once again, uh, not even uh, less time than I believe it was two minutes later, Shakhtar <laughs> goes down it and uh, goes in and puts the uh, the uh, important uh, oh, second away goal. So now, Benfica basically needs to uh, go and score two goals, if I'm not mistaken, at that that point. And uh, it was just it was downhill from there. But uh, yeah, just whatever whatever offensive uh, creativity uh, this team brought forward. As soon as they they scored their goal, they just uh, they collapsed. Yeah, they folded defensively. <clears throat> and I want to retract some. You want to retract? Rafa needs a break after that golazo. I, for, I forgot about <laughs> after that golazo. He needs a break after that one. Um, and look, uh, I, I don't. I, I think that everyone knows where this ended up. And as Dave mentioned, three two two minutes later, uh, then in the seventy first minute, the three three, and that that put the game out of reach um, for Benfica. But look, um, your defensive fragility. Uh, can be covered up playing in the Liga Nosh, at least a little bit. Uh, but there, but there's times that we've played against the Gil Vicentes of the world and, and the Paz Ferreira of the world, and these teams are on top of us. They got no business in being on top of us. And we, if we're solid defensively, there's no need or we won't let this happen. Uh, but when you step into a competition like the Europa League, and regardless whether or not you think, and, and it is, uh, the Europa League is, is a stepchild of, of the Champions League, uh, these are still some quality teams that play. And it will make you suffer if you have defensive fragilities. And that's what Shakhtar does. And, and look, well-deserved for, for Shakhtar. Uh, it's it's a shame, really, that uh, Benfica went out uh, this early in the competition, but uh, deserve it, I think. 
deserve it. And I think they have no one to blame but themselves. Dave. Shocked I did agree, Jeff. Some numbers on this uh, on this team. And, and Ismaili, that dude that uh, that played for Braga, he played gonna, out of his skin. I, I, I was I was gonna jump in and ask you guys this question. There, there's there's highly rated left back playing at Stylus, valued at 40 million. I, I could I, I thought it was Ismaili, Ismail, whatever his name is. He played. I mean, I looked at our 40 million rated left back and I said, why don't we get this guy from Braga? I mean, the dude was absolutely killing well, you it. Could, you could probably get him for a couple of uh, he's, he's 31. He's 31. He doesn't fit. Oh, maybe okay. a gas mask out there in Ukraine. He doesn't fit. A our gas mask. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, if he comes and plays two, two good seasons at 31, he's not. They wouldn't get they wouldn't get guy done for free at 31. They're going to get Ismaili. Like, Come on, bro. They got Nunta Vars in the in the in the chicken coop. Wait. <laughs> What's uh, Eliseo up to too? He's uh, he's gotta be still in in shape, right? Eliseo uh, just put the lombrito away. Dave was loving. He's doing a tour <laughs> on that lombrito. Uh, Dave, some numbers on this team uh, on this hey. game. Yeah, so uh, Shakhtar's first goal actually came off of uh, Ruben Diaz's own goal. So that was his third own goal of the season, and Benfica's fifth own goal of the season uh, so far, making it the second most uh, in the history of the club, one short of the record, six set in uh, 61-62. Benfica has been eliminated for the first time in the uh, round of 32 of the uh, Europa League. Uh, previously had made it to at least the quarterfinals each of their, their past, uh, uh, past fixtures in the Europa League knockout stages. And uh that with that match, it's wrapped up February with Benfica going two wins, three draws, and uh, two defeats. And uh, Benfica had not had such a poor month since uh, Rui Bomba was in charge in uh, December 2017, when uh, he also finished with the same record. Wow. I, I don't know what to say to that. Uh, certainly disappointing for uh, you guys know how, uh, how we feel about European. And then this has been something that uh, is, is kind of been typical for ever since George Zeus left. And shit, I didn't want to mention that name ever since JJ left. That's uh, that's the Benfica that we've had uh, in Europe. Uh, frustrating as hell, depressing. Uh, and certainly uh, hoping that uh, Befica start stops being the the laughing stock of uh, of European competitions. Maybe come back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we will turn our attention now to this past Monday's game against Murenes at Stadelus, and, and we figure, okay, well, the team pushed. There were some positives coming out of the Shakhtar game. Uh, you have another game at Stadelus against Murenes. Uh, you don't have much of a, uh, an error margin, uh, so let's 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 save some face here at Stadelus. Let's let's kind of uh, rebound uh, and, and show the fans that we're here for the rest of the championship, that, and we don't have the distraction of the Europa League. Um, and then we we all saw that uh, ended up. But let me uh, let me give you the lineup, and then we get we could talk about it. We could talk about the game if we feel like talking about it. Cristiano, how are those uh, Xanax working out for you? Good? Yeah, good, man. I'm, I'm feeling real calm, cool, and collected right now. Right. Uh, Vlaco Dimos was in goal. Tavares, Dias, Ferro, and Grimaldo. Uh, Weigel, Samaris, uh, Pizzi, Rafa, Tarabt, and Vinicius. Um, I happened to um, <clears throat> to catch the, 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 the 
pregame press conference by Lodge, which we he had on Sunday morning, our time. Uh, and I, I, the, his press conferences are getting really strange. You went from a guy uh, that talked about football, uh, that really had a clear speech in mind and a clear message in mind to a guy that apparently he's reading newspapers, he's listening to podcasts. He went on, no joke, um, a good nine-minute talk about why Samaris hasn't played, going Jornada by jornada saying, well, uh, he had a bellyache or he had problems in the back. He couldn't practice. Then it was an option. Then it was this. And then he finishes up the press conference by saying, uh, and if you guys want a headline tomorrow, it's going to be Samadish plus, plus 10. That's, that, that, that shows me that the pressure is getting to him. He's yeah. listening to the fans. He's listening to the critics. He's listening to whomever. He's reading the coppers like we all are every night. You know, uh, the newspaper coppers for the following day with the headlines. That means that this guy is like many other people. He's not in special. He's not nobody's not above all, right? Because you can really tell a person's character when things are going bad. When everything's beautiful and you're winning, oh man, come on, I'm the nicest guy. Look at me. I come out here and I laugh and I'm making babies. Yeah, making babies and I love peasy. Like, oh, be my man, great. Come on, bro. And then all of a sudden, when things start to go negative, that's when your true colors come out. I, I I always I'm a firm believer of that, that people's true colors. One day, at one point, they will come out. It might be five years. Well, I don't care what the timeline is, but your true colors will shine bright one day. And we're seeing his true colors, maybe. I mean, maybe what we saw before is a facade. I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't know the guy personally, and I'm not accusing him of that, but I'm just He's saying. Stubble. It's I know. It's a I'm probably my dad's number. Give uh, him a call. Maybe he knows the the pastries. But maybe he's been paying attention to the podcast because I've gotten two of the last three uh, lineups, right? Because maybe he just listens to the podcast. The guy loves listening to the Benfica podcast. I don't know what it is, but he's obviously paying attention to what's going on outside, you know, what we call the four walls, right? When you're in a team atmosphere. All the only thing that matters is what happens in here. And he's obviously paying attention to what's going I mean, because there is no way you can come up with a nine-minute explanation of, 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 of yeah no I don't care if it's yeah no exactly by coming prepared right coming prepared that means that this has been grinding at you that you've been paying it yeah. and it's a really scary sign because I want my coach to come in either you're going to be classy at all times or you're going to be a sob and mock people and, and, and do what JJ did, which just throw <laughs> facadas everywhere. Like, you can't be in between. To me, you're either one, you're classy, Ruby Torre. Even Ruby Torre, he, he came towards, out. Towards, towards the end, he, he started but, getting like that. But too. it was very little. But it was very little. But that was but not compared, not no nine minutes worth of it. But you could tell. Things start going bad, and these guys start paying attention. Before that, the fans can't even get anywhere near the bus. But all of a sudden, now negative results, now everything bothers you. Oh, I get it. Now you want to get close to the fans. Now you want to listen. Oh, now you want to pay attention. But I thought you don't care. You can't have it. It's one way or the other. And it's just his decision making of late, man. And in this game in particular, we'll talk about the game and I'll get into those details. But it's just, man, look, I, I was on the last podcast. I believe I gave him the benefit of the doubt. And and, and I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to be somewhat positive and trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because this start to Benfica was, I mean, the best start in the history of, of the club and the best start of any coach I've ever seen at my club, too. So, um, obviously, uh, you know, I'm always going to be grateful for what he did last year. But to me, what he's been doing of late, 
I mean, it, there, it leaves a lot of unanswered questions. You understand? Yeah. And I just don't understand what in the hell he's doing. And now it, it, he's having these 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 crazy press conferences, right? These mind-boggling press conferences. <laughs> like, and you see to this like this guy, there's something there. Someone needs, and I'm tired of hearing the inexperience because to me, Alfredo and Dave and everyone listening, when you get appointed as manager of uh, a coach, whatever you want to call it, of a club like Benfica, like you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern, the big the big clubs in every country, right? To me, you lose the benefit of that of inexperience because if you're there, it's because obviously you could do the job. I don't want to hear you're inexperienced yeah. because if you're inexperienced, you go take a job at Family Gun for two, three years. Unless, and come unless, in. unless they grab the Zamboni guy and put him in coaching, that, that now you could talk a little bit about experience. Well, it worked for the Carolina Hurricanes beating the <laughs> Toronto, Toronto, but that's another sport. But yeah, uh, I mean, look. But but anyway, what, what I wanted to say is that, uh, look, I don't, I don't, obviously, I don't have anything against uh, Samadis or, uh, is inclusion in on a team, but to come that prepared to explain why you're including somebody, it goes back to what Cristiano said. You just be consistent in your speech. If you're not going to talk about players individually, uh, then don't. Then don't just just do what you're do what's in your mind. Don't feel that you need to address anything because you're just feeding into the media frenzy. You just you you're. St- Steeping, you're down. losing you're, you're the battle. Dropping down. You're losing the the war and, 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 and the mind battles. You're losing the battle, right? Yeah. Now it gives the next coach that you're gonna play. Oh, this guy's definitely paying attention. They're gonna try to get at you a little bit more. Yeah, you know what I mean. Jab you. It just, I mean, it just, it doesn't look good, man. It doesn't look good. And it, and Dave, uh, to me, it's a clear sign that the pressure is getting to him and that he's absolutely listening to what's going on in the outside. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. Uh, even not to get too ahead of ourselves, but even. Uh, at the end of the, uh, the this game as well, he was asked about his Tarapta substitution uh, there to oh, say that. I know I, I, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves too, but yeah, you can tell that he's not the the same. Uh, it's getting to him, which is unfortunate, but uh, yeah, it, it is getting uh, to Lash at this moment. Yeah, look, it was. I thought it was a decent first half. I thought that Benfica could have capitalized on a few opportunities that they created, and they didn't. And when you don't. And understanding where you are in the season in terms of your 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 psyche, your your mental state, uh, teams know that if they could fluster you and you go a half without scoring, when after a while it starts becoming more emotions than rationale. Uh and 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 look, Murenes was ready for it. Murenes w- was ready to frustrate Benfica. Murenes was ready when Benfica uh, substituted Tarabt uh, from the middle and decided to turn their their game onto the wings. They were ready for that. And it's just it, it's just it's sad because Benfica has become predictable. And I don't know if it's because they are in the state that they are currently, and uh, they're just they're just punching they're just punching anywhere that they want hopefully uh looking to to see if they could hit something and make something happen have a break go their way but it's just it just shows a lot about the what this team is 
is made of. Um, the team's just not deep enough right now. The alternatives, the options aren't there. And again, like you can't, you there, there's not many guys right now that are really playing a punching above their weight. They're not really, no one's really playing tremendously well, with the exception of maybe two guys on a field to opt and 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 the goalkeeper Blanco Dimos. But the coaching decisions aren't making it any better. I think that he handcuffs the defensive center mid position. I've said that multiple times. It just you see tired legs. It's as if Benfica is playing minus one, two, three guys, whatever the case may be. Weekend, I mean, night in, night out. And the opposition is able to take advantage of all our weaknesses where we should be able to take advantage of these monkeys that we're playing against that we can't. We just absolutely can't. I don't understand, Alfredo. I don't know if you want to get into this, but all three substitutions, I had a huge problem with all three of them. I don't understand what game he's watching. I don't understand what he's paying attention to. I don't understand what message he's trying to send out to everybody on the outside. But I just can't comprehend his thinking. I can't comprehend what the hell's going through his mind at the moment. Maybe the pressure, like I said before, is really getting to him and he's not making him think clearly because I don't understand any of the three substitutions. When a team is going through a difficult situation, you got a player and somebody who's already on a yellow, a player that was that had a committed another foul late in the second in the, in the second half that could have possibly warranted a second a second yellow, and he decides to take Weigel, Weigel, whatever, out and leaving a guy with a yellow card already that's been cautioned at some point in the game, a guy that has the tendency of get his foot in there sometimes when he shouldn't have. I don't understand that move at all. Then he decides to... Bring take out Benfica right after that move, right? Right after that move, Benfica goes down 1-0, right? You could tell, right? If I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, right after that move, a couple minutes, this was in the 61st minute. Yep. Vigo comes in for, I mean, Souza comes in for Vigo. Diego Souza comes in for Vigo instead of uh, of uh, of of a Samaris, who I thought should have been the substitution there at this at, at that moment. Samaris, who had shown, as I've said, some kinks in the armor, a guy who's possibly tired, a guy who left the last game injured in a stretcher, probably hasn't been at a hundred percent. But to me, it was one of those. I just had this press conference for nine minutes. You guys <laughs> want Samaris? I'm going to give you Samaris your, because your because tactically it didn't even make any sense. Then a couple minutes later, you see a tire Samadhi's not cover the ground he was supposed to go. And I'm not saying that maybe Weigel would have, but I just would have made the decision to take out a guy that's already been booked. Um, Benfica goes down 1-0. What does he do? A few minutes later, two minutes later, takes out Benfica's fastest player, a guy that is a threat. Whether he's been playing good or not, he's still a threat. He poses a threat. He's a lot fresher than the PCs of the world that have played every single minute, it seems, of every game of late. He takes him out when you most need a goal. And then the one that really left me scratching my mind, you take the one guy that's moving the ball on the field, the only guy in the interior that's making things happen, and you take him out for Jota to put him on the outside. And then what that leads to which is something that I sat there watching this game and I wanted to turn it off so bad. I really wanted to turn it off so bad. I'm watching this game and I'm sitting there cross. and, and but cross. it wasn't even cross. The the minute the minute you take out Tarapt from the pitch, all of a sudden the responsibility of mall movement should have fallen onto PZ, but PZ He's not the same player. He's, he's, I don't know what it is. He's another guy as we talked about Gimal, a guy that needs a rest. The ball movement starts going through Ruben Diaz, boom, boom, blah, blah, friend, and somebody's trying to control the very limited game that we did have in the interior in the middle of the pitch. The only ones that would, it was, it was Ferro. I mean, it was, uh, it was somebody's and, and, and Ruben Diaz. And I just sat there like, what did, what did Tarap do in this game that warrants a substitution? Well, he said he was tired, that his tiredness was also uh, making him making him dribble and, and maybe try to do things on. This was his, his explanation. I didn't, I, I didn't watch. You know, you know how the referee after the game? 
the third whistle. After the second whistle, but I, I think he wasn't even finished with the second whistle. I, I, cause I didn't want to hear it. I mean, I'm sorry, guys. I tuned off. I turned it off. I haven't been, I haven't read. I have, I don't know. I don't care because again, I'm, I, I had a problem going into this game already because we've played football with Porto, eh, Braga, eh, Shakhtar twice. Eh, eh. Uh, well, we got a tie, but it's still to me because eh, eh, we didn't get through. Juby sent very, very lucky for Malikon. Very, very lucky to advance, right? And now you expect me to come into style with the Paudu when we're playing a bunch of monkeys when we could not carry our weight against teams that, that are at our level, just to put it lightly. Teams that can run with us, we look like a bunch of clowns, and all of a sudden, you want me to come inside and that? Oh, those, and I get, I get the support, and I'm all for the support, I get it, but it's really hard for people to get into it, man. It's really hard for people to get into it. So I already had that sour taste in my mouth. And so frustrating. Now the game before the game was even over. I mean, I turned it off, and I don't even want to get into the penalties because it's just. I mean, it's just. I mean, I, I, I don't understand. I think. I think. Um, I think the the, the missed the couple missed penalties by Pizzi uh, are really a reflection as to where he is right now. The second one. Uh, the second one. Um, He hit like down the middle. That was an easy save for the goalkeeper. Good thing that it did. The rebound came forward and he, he put the goal away. But the second one, that that's one of the worst penalties I've ever seen taken. Uh, the first one completely <laughs> misses the goal. Always goes to his left. Decided to go to his right. And I don't know if his eye was just looking the other way and he just missed the goal altogether. And Dave's got a funny stat. I shouldn't say funny. Dave's got a stat, I should say, regarding missed penalties. Go ahead, Dave. No, the first player in Benfica's history to miss two penalties in a single in the, the same game for uh, Mr. Pizzi, the Monku Master. Oh. I didn't even I didn't even I turned the game off when uh he the second penalty was uh was saved. I didn't even know that he had scored it. I thought the game was over when I saw that it was uh missed and my dad's uh, Yelling at me! What are you? What are you screaming about? They they scored, and I had to go uh, watch it with them. I thought I thought it was over. They I saw he, he but the penalty was saved, and I didn't wait to uh, see if the rebound went in or not. Yeah, because that was in the ninety first minute after we got eight, well we whatever after the, the the fourth official gave eight minutes of of, 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 of extra time to be played. And we he, played almost to ten. He not only missed two penalties, obviously he was able to convert the rebound on the second one, but he also missed another sitter in front of goal. Uh, ball looked like it hit him in the chest more so than his hand, but it went to Varb and and they pulled it back. That's one that I would have liked to see different angles. But look, you know, you know, any VAR decision that can go against Benfica will go against Benfica. So I was really not surprised there. But again, I thought he could have done better. He could have uh, put that ball in the back of the net. Obviously, he didn't score. He hits off his chest, uh, hits off the crossbar, if I'm not mistaken. And here comes Rafa running through. Everybody was able to get in the goal. Benfica thought they had leveled things up. Goes to VAR, goes to VAR. The VAR decision goes against Benfica. Yet, PZ stays on the field. They get another very, I mean, I got to be honest, guys. The first penalty, I thought, and look, I'm, I'm, I was happy. Got nothing to do with me being a Benfica. Because you know when it comes to these things, I take my fandom out of it, right? I thought that it was, it was a good call by the referee. I thought that the player himself left the chicken wing out trying to outsmart everyone else and he got caught trying to be smart so i'm glad because it's going to teach you to keep your arms up against your body rather than bring it out you know try to get away with murder which he did it. and i was glad that that penalty call was was, was called in, in benfica's favor now i gotta be honest the second one really late on 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 Servi, based on the replays that i've seen okay if you guys have seen different replays don't kill me based on the replays that i've seen i've never seen a replay from behind everything i saw was from in front come on bro 
that that I'm telling you, if that was for Porto Sporting, or I should forget Sporting nowadays, if that was for Porto, no, I would. I, I thought that was a penalty. I, I, I thought it was clear penalty. Of, from what I seen, he gets position on the ball and he and gets. I, he I, gets I, I don't think he ever gets it. From the angle that I saw, he never gets it. He saw the player swing. There's some contact, I, saw, I think. I didn't see it. And again, and again, don't kill me. It's based on the 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 the, the replays that I saw. It looked very, very, very soft. Yeah, but uh, you know, like you said, if it's a if it's a Porto game, we're saying that's super soft and it shouldn't yes. have been called. That's but, my point. You know, so we can't yeah. be hypocrites about it. Certainly, uh, yes, it wasn't the full on contact that you know you would have expected for something to be because he called it right away, but he was in a good position also to call it. Uh, but the the thing is that I think he swung. He just never hit him. I, he definitely swung his foot. He definitely kicked. Yeah. He meant to. I don't think he ever hit. Yeah, him. because he comes from his blind side yeah, and he gets his, he ever, his leg I don't out. Think he ever I, I, you know, that's but look, it's a Benfica, tough one. Benfica, in terms of creating chances, this is one of their best games of late. I mean, I don't yeah. think they've created as many chances. You got Vinicius who has to put that in the back of the net. I mean, this is back to back, not back to back, because up against Braga, he he he. There was a chance with the header late in the oh, first yeah. half, and then he goes to Murida, uh to Jubi sent and he scores. So I don't want to say back to back, but. You know, it's a couple of games now in a short span that this guy is putting, uh, not putting away, but missing sitters. I mean, we're talking about inside the box, and I've stated here multiple times, and I don't care. You know what that is? It's the Seferovic virus. I think, I think, I think it's you rubbed the, off on him. He's got pressure. Pressure is getting to these. The whole guys. team is pressure. Pre- and 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 I just don't look. I, I've said it multiple times. I think look, he's he's nice inside the box. I don't think he's anything special outside the box. And and I didn't want to get into it earlier when you talk about Diego Souza, but you're like, you know, he's be, might be better. And look, it doesn't take that much for someone to be better than, 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 than uh, Vinicius and, and Sferovic to be better than, than they are with their feet. None of all three of them are nothing special, but Vinicius has to put that in the back of the net. Uh, Grimaldo, got, I don't think he meant to do that. And if he did, that's nasty, but I don't think he meant to do that. Hit that with the outside of his foot, put tremendous effect on the ball, hits the post. I mean, Benfica created chance after chance after chance. If they would have capitalized, maybe we'd, we would have, you know, sitting here singing a different tune. But the fact of the matter is that, look, that's 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 the game of soccer. That's the game of football. That's sports overall. By one inch here, one inch there, the outcomes of, of you know, many shattered dreams will be totally different, would be, you know, happy dreams. Instead, they're, they're, they're you know, nightmares. And and unfortunately, right now, uh, you know, when Benfica was getting those lucky breaks where, you know, the Grimaldo attempted cross and it goes off the, 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 the post and comes back out. When things were going our way, that bounces off the inside of the post and goes in. And, you know, right now things just aren't going well for Benfica. The coaching staff is really not helping Benfica out. These guys are ultra tired the decision making by the coaches taking out the wrong players at the wrong time i don't care how much they justify it afterwards makes absolutely no sense because once gabriel got injured i said it multiple times there's only one of the guy that could do what he does in the middle of the park which is somebody's i mean oh my god which is uh the moving Hensler. the ball moving the ball and you need a goal you need a goal you take out your most dangerous player because as i've stated a million times you can't teach speed and I know he didn't have a particularly good game, but still, he poses a threat. Take out Rafa, and then you take out the one guy that's circulating the ball and getting the ball into space. And yes, and at times, he carries it a little bit too much. And at times, he tries to thread the needle. But guys, did you not watch this game later on? Late on? I mean, it shouldn't even be late on because this happens early in the game. But everyone is stationary. I don't care if it's Starop, if yeah. it's Michel Platini, if it's Michael Laudra, Brian Laudra, his sister Laudra, whoever the hell it is. I don't care. Rui Costa in his prime. If guys are stationary, you're going to have to force balls. You're going to carry it yourself. The only time Benfica was penetrating the lines was when he was, you know, 
carrying the ball and getting through the the the, the, the lines of defensive system that Murirens had you know put out there. It's just I don't I, I bro Lodge, what I just I mean, yo, I'm seeing Ruben Diaz controlling the game from that midfield and trying to be the guy to spread the ball around. I'm like, are you you have to be kidding me, man? Yeah, look, in all, in all fairness, if he could spend uh, the whole second half in uh, in Murenes's, uh half, uh, but uh, when you look at this team and and you see where they are mentally, I think that this team needs a, a mental reset. They need they need something. They they look tired mentally, uh, you know, out of ideas. Uh, there's no pace, as Cristiano mentioned. Um, people are just sitting, you know, not moving. There's no dynamic between this team. And when you when you're a team like that and you become too predictable, uh, it's easy to defend against you. And that's what Murrens did. Murrens just just defended. Uh, and then when you spend uh, the last 20 minutes of the game. Or you know when did uh, when did Tarap uh, Tarap came out in the seventy fourth minute? When you spend uh, <laughs> when you spend that much time just crossing it into the box, crossing, crossing, crossing into the box, and these forwards are straight on to these balls where they could really easy to intercept. It's that easy. You're just the, the ball's not, not being forwards, put in defenders, back. defenders, the forwards, the def- is, sorry, forwards are stay, even, standing even, flat footed. Even the, the defenders are sitting there looking at front. They don't have to move. They know what's coming like beautiful. Yeah. They're, you know, beat, beat our players to the position. No, it was just, really um, you know, yes. If, if he could capitalizes on a few uh, chances that they created, certainly it's a different story. But still, you got to be ready to face teams that are going to hunker down. They're going to close you off. They're going to play compact, and they're not going to give you spaces. Bro, but what's amazing is it doesn't matter if it's Rivitore Jesus, if it's Bruno Lage, if it's Tony, if it's Sven Goran Eriksson, if, if, if it's what's his name, uh, the Bella Gutman, if it's Cristiano Oliveira. It doesn't matter who the coach is. You know, guys. I mean, come on. It's unbelievable. You freaking know coming into the season that this is how the teams are going to play you. Dave. You're going to play a nine out of ten game, not even nine. I mean, with the exception of Braga, Porto, Sporting, and maybe Given Ice, every other game you're going to play is going to be teams that they just batten down, they just you know sit back and defend, and you still don't have an answer. Come on, Dave. Fourteen weeks in first place uh, comes to uh, to an end this week. Uh, what are the numbers do you have uh, for for us in terms of this game? Yeah, so Benfica has now failed to keep a clean sheet at home for the past uh, eight games. So their last clean sheet came uh, December 14th against Familicão. And uh, I don't know if this is a super stat or a meaningless number to uh, steal from uh, Sid Sixero up here in Canada. But uh, Benfica's winning percentage with uh, without Tomas Tavares in the lineup, 86%. And with him in the lineup is a uh, 45% uh, winning percentage. So I don't know if you guys believe in that number or not, or if it's fair or unfair for him, but it uh, doesn't have uh, Benfica does not have a good record with him in the starting 11. Dave, you got to see if we get sit on the pod since Alex has been ducking us. We got to see if he comes on a pod. Alex don't want to come and sit in a hot no, seat with no, me. No, 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 he doesn't want to sit in a hot seat and, no, and have no, me no. bashing. I, come on, stop, stop, Alfredo, stop. I'm trying to get the guy to come on, stop, stop. I know he's busy. We know, we know, but come on. Hopefully this gets on. Stop, stop, stop. Sid, I love you, Sid. Come on in. And Alex, stop talking. <laughs> That's how you get That's how, Now you're going to get a response. We have um, to, we have to. Yeah, I mean, look, it's uh, it's when a team is is performing poorly, it's very easy to uh, point fingers and say it's it's your fault and 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 
it's their fault and it's that guy's fault. Um, and yes, uh, the team is is not at their best, but we have a coach that was behind an historical turnaround last season. Where has his coaching prowess gone? Where has his coaching skills gone this season? His motivation, uh, his man management skills, uh, his tactical skills. He's obviously a guy that knows about the game uh, in terms of, you know, tactically, and he can explain the heck out of it. Now, for me, there's there's a disconnect between the team and this coach, uh, and it's becoming very evident um, that that disconnect exists because he says all the right words, he says all the right things, knows how to explain situations of the game, but the team is not performing. So where's the disconnect here? Uh, so look, it's going to be tough. Yes, there's 11 games. Uh, certainly, uh, maybe perhaps we, we look at last season and see how Benfica played so well when they were from behind and perhaps didn't have as much pressure as they, uh, as the, as a, as a team that's in first place that's always obligated to win so they could keep the distance. So maybe now that the, the pressure is going to, uh, decrease a little bit, uh, maybe. We'll see a different Benfica, but certainly at this point of the season, this should be a team, a well-oiled machine that's performing well, and that's not what we're seeing right now. So, um, it is what it is. Eleven, eleven games to uh, to go, and and one of them is, is against uh, Stubble this uh, this Saturday. Uh, Dave, what's uh, what's Stubble up to? Stubal is currently uh, in 11th position with six wins, nine draws, eight losses. Uh, historically, we've uh, beat them 123 times, 29 draws, 31 losses. Our last 10 against them, six wins, three draws, one loss. And the last five at the Bonfim, uh, two wins, two draws, and uh, one loss. But uh their record uh, for their last five games at uh, at the Bonfim for Stubal, um one win out of their last five and have not won at home since uh, December 14th. So struggling at home, but this is a team that always steps up, uh, especially when they're playing at the Bonfim uh, and they're playing against us, always um, give us uh, some difficulties. Yeah, I think. Look, I, I think that every team that faces Benfica at this point knows that there's uh, there, there's there's weak spots, there's chinks in the armor, and, and regardless of what Stubel has done uh, so far, and certainly not impressed by this this last run, this is a team that uh, that uh, tied uh, Benfica. At, uh, I believe it was tied to lose yeah. for the League Cup, uh, and automatically uh, relegated Benfica out of the. The League Cup. So this is a team that you know they they know that uh, they're coming and and playing a Benfica who's going to be in Stubal, obviously at their home uh, that has uh, weak spots. Uh, and, and look, I you know if I had to uh, to use our, our friend's uh, expression with the with the Powell meter, uh, I don't I don't know if I'm too encouraged. I don't We're know. saggy. Yeah, I don't know if my 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 power is just standing there. It's not uh, it's not winter power. Power's just hanging on. That's what he's doing. Eleven more games, just sitting there, hanging on for dear life. Yeah. Um, Look, the only thing I can say about this game is that I hope that our good friends that will make the travel up to 
to Testubo, uh, down to Stubo and Bonfin. Uh, make it home safe because we know that there's a lot of BS going back and forth. So safe travels. Enjoy the trip. Have fun. And hopefully we get another three points. And uh, Lodge gives us another epic press conference afterwards that I'm pretty sure we're all going to learn tons from. If, if anything, uh, win this game because of what Makarizzi said uh, a, a few days ago. Uh, so he was interviewed after uh -huh. the, their game this past weekend, uh -huh. and he said that he'd rather beat Benfica than... And, no, and, he, said, he said he'd be okay if he beats Benfica and loses everything for the year. That's He'd rather <laughs> do that. But again, look, this is a guy that from different reports, Benfica tried to to sign him on two different occasions and he probably feels burned. You know what I mean? I don't think it has anything to do with any other club affiliation with any malas or anything like that. I just think that he feels that he's been done dirty twice. And, you know, I can't really blame him because I think once for me will be enough and twice is kind of like rubbing mud on my face. So. Yeah. So uh, you can you can expect a game from him. That's that's for sure. And what if he can have in the struggles that they've had in front of goal, uh, certainly it's it could be a very interesting night. So let's uh uh Let, let's let, uh, go. Vamos acender umas velinhas à Nossa Senhora. Sábado, put, right? put up, put up your uh, candles Saturday, and, uh, you know, yeah. Put on your, uh, put on your lucky underwear, get your purple rain ready to go. Uh, it, this is not going to be an easy one, regardless of, uh, Stubel being in 11th place and having, uh, the streak like Dave has, has mentioned. Um, All right, so we only have a couple more things to to do on this podcast, and one of them is is uh, Cristiano's Chicken Fingers Awards. Well, this week's winner of the Cristiano's Chicken Fingers Award, um, or the recipient, I should say, it, I, I was considering. Right, I'm breaking it down a little bit. I was considering giving it to Blanco Dimos because he had a, you know, even though Benfica drew the game, he still had a. He was one of the better players on the field, and then he was obviously in the running going into the second game. But second game, guy, I don't even believe he made a save. So therefore, he's out of the running. And then when you consider everyone else's performances, I could very easily hand it to my boy Adelta Opt. But there's no one else really that warrants the award. So what I've decided to do here this week is give it to our good friends over at Benfica Independent for their phenomenal uh, birthday party, their anniversary of Benfica on Friday night at the Reserva, Restaurant Reserva in Lisboa. With, uh, they had the participation of Tony, Benfica, former great coach. Obviously, we know he's one of the biggest Benficas in the world. We absolutely love that guy, and he loves talking Benfica. Simões, old school Benficista, who's been there through the glory days, and he's there now through the bad days. And also... Angelou, a guy that has been there through, I, th I think he was helping lay the bricks for the style, the original style of the lose. The guy's been there forever. The guy's 90 years old. Yeah. So this week's chicken finger recipients are Benfica Independent. There you go. And uh, of course, you guys all know that we're part of that project and we're very proud that that project uh, was able to no get bias the here. No bias. Got nothing to do with Martin. No, no, no. No bias. No. It's uh, just that they're the best performer because there is nothing to be happy about. Yeah, we're, we're, um, We're very happy to be proud of that whole project, BenficaIndependent.com, uh, and, and certainly has, has made great strides to to uh, bring out the Benficismo and, and everyone. Uh, and certainly, I know that Sportive was there. They had some some coverage, and certainly uh, big ups to uh, all those guys. Uh, last thing, uh, what did we learn oh, on this podcast today? Yeah, Dave, you want to go first since Cristiano forgot all about it. Yeah, I learned that you uh, need to take a bridge to get to Stubal. You got to take at least one bridge to get to Stubal. Absolutely. You can, well, it depends where you're where you're at, Dave. I mean, come on, Dave. If you're coming, if you're coming south, 
If yeah. you're heading south from Lisbon, you need to take a bridge. To you gotta, you gotta pass the Rio. What do they call it in English? Tagus. No, but in English, Tagus. The Tagus, the Tagus River. You need to cross it over in order to get to. No. Uh, what else? What else? What I learned. Today, I'll let you go last because you're still thinking about. I it. have no idea. What I learned today is if you leave, oh, I learned. If you leave your chicken wing out, you could get called for a penalty. That's. Well, that's very good point. You know what else I learned? That the yeah, loud you learn a lot. Of, I'm the, glad you learned stuff that, while you're talking. I'm writing. Uh, the Loudrup uh, brothers have a sister. I did not know that. I I don't either. I just <laughs> threw that out there. You know, Jenna, what did you learn? Well, on, I learned. Uh, and the, I know you guys aren't joking about it, but I learned that Peasy becomes the first player in the team history to miss two penalties in one game. I did not know that. That is a very good stat. There you go. And that's he all was that. so honored he cried at the end of the game. That's how that's how honored he was that uh, it was the first player to miss two play, two penalties but in the single here, game. Here it is, dude. That crying, and I, I, I hadn't seen the video. I said the video today. That crying really shows the mental state and the tremendous pressure that these players are under because they're not performing. Uh, so certainly that display of, of emotion by Pizzi, and especially a guy that missed the penalty, and, and I guess you could look back and say, well, if you had made that penalty, the game is co- completely different. But, you know, whatever. Um, that's all we got for you this week. Next week, we will be back. We'll recap the Stubble game, and we'll look ahead to Benfica's next uh, next game. No more European play. Uh, so we'll be back on Tuesdays uh, every week. That's the other good the news in this whole thing. Dave told me before, we get to... Recap one game a week from now on. Ha, huh? no double headaches. No <laughs> double headaches. I like that. Take care, everyone. Dave, always nice. You want to say goodbye to the peeps? Ciao. Ciao, bello. <laughs> bello. Bello. Bello, bella. It's 2020. Bello. We can't <laughs> discriminate. Cristiano, uh, these are goodbye, senores. Goodbye, senores and senores. All right, everyone. And my name is Alfredo. We're uh, some Benfica podcast you've been listening to. See you again and talk to you again next week. Later, everybody. Forza Benfica. Carrega. Go uh, light up your candles. Don't forget. Muito.